Hey guys, it's Destiny and Lauren, and welcome to the Ghosted Down podcast, where we teach you how to make yourself the number one priority. And I forgot all like what it's been so long. It's been way too long, and we do apologize. I will say it was mostly me. Um, no, had to get no. this audio together, guys. Had to get no. it together. No, let's let's be clear. It's been life. Life been lifing, and I'll be honest. I think. It's been a lot of navigating, lots and lots of navigating, lots and lots of, you know what, energy's not feeling this. Let me just take a full timeout. And at the end of my minute timeout, let me hop back in. Yeah, this year, I mean, every year has its challenges. Life is meant to be challenging, but this year has mm-hmm. been a different, a different type of challenge that, um, or I, I am working muscles I've never had to work before. <laughs> And I'm not talking about the ones on my body. I know. (laughs) It's just a different kind of time. It's a different kind of time. So obviously our, some of our most recent episodes talked heavily about pandemic and how we're navigating things we should be doing, things we could be doing and protecting our headspace. Since then, like America's pulled back a bandaid to see that the wounds are still like gushing with blood. Yeah, you can't put a band-aid on a gunshot wound. You just can't do it. No, you can't. You can't. So with all that, like I know personally it's been very, um, I'm not going to say challenging, but I know that I've taken a lot, a lot of time to protect my energy. And I am not apologetic about me just wanting to breathe um, because I think that this, this time is very different. Um, which I'll get into that later, but the, we need to first start off by saying, Lauren, how are you? (laughs) Yes. Um, I am probably, I am more drained and emotionally imbalanced than I've been in a long time. I have had moments of just pure exhaustion, specifically emotional where I had to walk away from things. And I've also had moments of slight depression where it has been hard for me some days just to turn on my laptop and get to work. And I won't be sitting at that screen knowing I have things to do and I just can't move myself to do it. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's a little new for me. And it took me a while to actually claim it as depression because there's all this stigma. And then I also was thinking, well, I don't want to be disrespectful for people that are really struggling you know, then saying I'm not struggling, which I clearly was. And I thought that's just so offensive for people that are, you know, suicidal. Mm-hmm. But depression comes in many forms. And I I will say that for me, it's been tough. It has been very up and down. Yeah. Yeah. Same. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that I've, I have identified or, or have been able to say that I have been depressed I think when George Floyd's murder was first made public I think it was Philandro Castile he was the last Mm. one that I saw and I told myself I'm never watching these videos again because there Mm -hmm. is no unseeing and watching these things happen I think Sandra Bland was one that triggered me the most because I'm like like that's me like that was that was that first time that as a woman I was able to see like wow like now we're out here killing black women, right? So it it's it's those moments that I, I saw that I kind of like started to set boundaries for like these sorts of things. But when when people begin to make this a big deal, 
I immediately sprang into action. And so um, I did not do anything publicly right away, but like I immediately started having conversations. I had a friend from college reach out to apologize for some things that he said, not necessarily to me, but in, he said some things that like in retrospect were racist, right? And so him doing that really made me think, okay, so this conversation really isn't just in isolation. And so I've been having conversations and now I'm seeing that the world is starting to have these conversations, right? And so when I saw that and I'm like, okay, I believe myself to be articulate enough. I have influence in, in some spaces. Let me start to, to open my doors and help with my influence to inspire some people to impact actual change, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, I was going, I felt good. And I got to a point where with my business being like crazy busy, um, life in general, and then all of this that I was trying to do in addition to, and then plus like other projects that I wanted to get done, I had to say, you know what, let me just stop because I was feeling an energy that was making me emotional behind like dumb stuff. Like I'd be watching a tissue, tissue commercial and I'm like, wow, it, it is that soft. soft, Right. So I just, I knew I need that. I was just not balanced. And so I, every day have been very vigilant about journaling, meditating, same affirmations and doing my morning routine. And I know I've say I say that all the time on this show, but like there are days when I'm just like, girl, I'm just waking up and having coffee or tea. Like that's going to be the hardest decision I make in the next hour is mm-hmm. if I'm drinking coffee or tea this morning. Right. But just with, with all of that, I had to like really monitor my energy because I can't keep moving forward knowing that change will come and I'll talk about why I think this time is different but change is not going to be solely on my back alone and so I have to make sure that I'm well first and foremost Mm -hmm. because it's been like you said it's been difficult and hey I I have had friends who reached out white friends and I've been very clear like I'm not your white I'm not your black friend I'm not going to be your black friend to help nurture you through all that's happening, right? There are relationships of friends that I have that are that are white, and I'll be honest, like a good chunk of my friends are white, that I lean into. We have had conversations about race. I can openly talk about experiences that I've had and know that they understand. Some of them have their fists higher than I do, right? Mm. So I would lean in. I have leaned into those relationships. Other ones, I'm not going to say I've severed, but again, not your black friend right now. I need to focus on my circles and then power my influence through that. Ooh, that last part I connect yeah. with so much because what one thing I've I've recognized about myself is in this time, we, one thing that we're different in is you are so great of springing into action outside of yourself. So that means you get very involved in your community. You are talking to the um, local representatives that you know. You are voting, which okay, I vote. But you're very external with your action, which I think is so great because we need that. And for me, I think my first reaction is to internally assess, um, mm. one, how am I feeling? Um, but almost you know, really quickly to who is in my community that deserves to be here and who doesn't. And all of my friends say, like, you are, Lauren, you're so boundaried not in a negative way, but it's very clear. Like I'm very black and white. You're this, you're that. You're you're mm-hmm. in the circle, you're not. And so when this happened, I looked at myself and okay, I'm I'm doing this. I'm okay. I'm gonna do this. Blah blah. blah. 
And then I started thinking, okay, so who was in my life um, that is feeling passionate about something that is impacting me right now? And so to your point, um, I had quite a few of my white friends who have their fists very high, and I've been able to lean into those relationships and talk about difficult subjects. And we have been doing book clubs and educating ourselves and having interesting conversations that we haven't always had, which is great. You stay. Um, and in my, like, this is the assessment. I, I, it's like a quick assessment. And then I think, okay, who have I not talked to or who hasn't reached out or who isn't posting on social media? Not that you have to post, but I'm thinking, who's been extremely quiet and why? And so then I probably reach out to them. And I'll be honest, there are probably there are two that have just, I am still trying to decide what I, what I want to do, if I need to do anything, because... One of them I read with one of my white group, white friend groups, white groups, it's horrible. <laughs> in my white group. In my one white group, that's the one I like. No, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> in one um, group of friends who are all, this group is all white. We read, read White Fragility. That was kind of like step one, layer one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we read it really quickly. And I was reading it and it made me think of one friend who has, is, believes politically very differently than me. So I actually sent her the book midway through reading it. And I just sent her a text, hey, I'm, I'm priming you a book. I know Prime is a big corporation that is profiting off at this time. I apologize for that. But it was on my spirit to send it to her. And we talked about it. And she just didn't quite get it. Yeah, I see your eyes. She just didn't quite get it. Um, she had points of opposition. And it has still bothered me. I haven't, and I did back down. Let me tell you, I told her, your husband's a racist, okay? I'm also saying how to be an anti-racist. Your husband is a racist, okay? You got some things to do, too. I was very honest, very blunt. I'm not making any, I'm not being kind in hiding and covering your feelings, but there have been two relationships. Another one very similar where I said, your husband's a full-on racist. I blocked him on Facebook. If he wants to talk to me, he can call me. Um <laughs> But I find that I immediately internally assess in these moments. Mm, and then the very mm. last step is probably to go out to my community, which is not a bad sure. thing, but I do yeah. notice that about us. That it's a little bit different. Yeah. And so like for those of you who are listening, um, I think a lot of people are still navigating the space of what to do and mm-hmm. how to feel right now. And let's be very clear. Everybody, everything is going to feel a shift if not feeling it already, right? All of our conversations are different. It's layered differently. The way we speak is differently. How we interpret friendships, what businesses are doing, how they're hiring, things that like, like literally everything is changing, literally everything. And so as a result, like we have to be very thoughtful about how we're feeling and just taking a minute to say, you know what? I don't like this or I don't like the way I feel in this space and being okay with that because, and I'll be honest as a, as a black woman, I'm only speaking for myself. There are times when I would be in a space when I've not always known exactly how I felt in that moment because, and this is something I've really had to navigate. And I think I felt that way in that moment because I've always been taught, not taught or just something in my behavior, something in my past has always taught me just maintain the peace And maybe that's because I grew up around a lot of white folks. Maybe it's because of I was maybe taught not to like display certain emotion, whatever that may be. I don't want to say that it's um, it's 
it's a thing that has something to do with anybody and their their actions. But knowing that I've not always communicated how I feel and now I actually have the space to do that in the moment, that's going to take some time for me. Does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. I, I've mm-hmm. not always had the space to say, hey, I didn't like how this person made me feel because I felt as if there was racist energy there. And some of the things that he said may have made me uncomfortable. But now that I can actually say that, that's going to take some pivoting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And so basically all I'm getting at is if you do find yourself just very unsure with how to navigate black people, feel free. Like, we need to speak up. That's that's a step, not the only step, but that is a step for everybody to realize and start to reflecting internally. And and since you bring up navigation, how about we present the actual discussion topic for today? Because we actually, uh, we kind of jumped right into it. So let's oh talk, let's let's share what what are we talking about today? Oh, girl, like exactly that. We're talking about the race war because it may be it may not be a physical war. It might be physical with the police. But the race war and then activism exhaustion, activism burnout, activist burnout, because that's those are two things that are very real, but they absolutely go hand in hand. Yeah. And it's interesting that you said race war. Why did you why did you choose the, that term? Well, I mean, there are some of us who have been preparing for the race war since forever no, i'm kidding <laughs> she's not <laughs> maybe maybe not um but i think that it it's a war it's a like it's literally a battle every day i i personally and i'm encouraging everybody too i have to dress myself with the armor of my faith my beliefs who i am and what i stand for to go and be who i need to be in this world to impact change Mm-hmm. And if, if I'm not putting in that work in the morning, I'm going to keep having those moments where I'm like, you're not going to hear from me. You're not going to see me. I don't want to do it. Just questioning a lot. It's, it, it literally feels like a, a war in that when you're when you are talking to people and you are having conversations with people that don't see eye to eye. While the war may not continue to be an actual fight, you're at least hearing them enough. So that way you can start to take steps forward and maybe changing your perception or knowing how to move forward. Okay. I agree. And I I think part of it is what we're, we're also seeing people are fed up with the, um, the pretty language that we use to describe what is racial inequality, racism, um, systematic racism in a, in a country that is supposed to be free and equal. And so we say race war also because people are sick and tired of saying social injustice, prejudices, all these pretty words Mm -hmm. that don't get to the root of what we're truly talking about. So we're going to call it what it is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, let's, let's hop into the macro conversation. Um, and I'm just going to say this really quickly. I think a lot of this is different than stuff that happened in the seventies the stuff that happened before, because we have information, we have the internet. So with that being said, internet presence has been very important to a very specific group of people, i.e. these large corporations. (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. What what are you putting out? What are you saying? Shout out to Ben and Jerry's, but go ahead, Lauren. Oh, that was the one. (laughs) You took it from me. (laughs) (laughs) 
It is. So it's interesting. Um, Ahmaud Opry was in, ooh, what month was that? March? It happened in February. February. Okay. Uh, and George Floyd occurred in May. Yep. I didn't see a lot of companies saying much until June. Uh, that. And I say that because what I observed was companies are, the world is used to this in a lot of ways. What the world is not used to is people reacting with the way they are today. And I feel that a lot of companies thought, oh, another such another, another one, oh. another problem. Oh, we'll let it blow over. But in June, companies realized this wasn't blowing over like they have in the past. And mm-hmm. there were some early reactors that said something maybe in May. I don't know many, and I can't even tell you off the top of my head, but I'm going to say they're probably out there. But for a lot of companies, when they recognized that the people in the community that, that they serve were still upset, they thought, ooh, let me jump on this bandwagon and say something. So you saw companies say, we believe that um, Black Lives Matter, and that was a real controversial statement for mm-hmm. them. I mean, pat on the mm-hmm. back. Wow. Mm-hmm. No. And they, they would say that in June to, to jump on the bandwagon. And there were very few companies that I think really addressed it head on and aggressively with intent to act. Ben and Jerry's was the one that stood out to me. And I will, but I will say something critical of Ben and Jerry's. They were also late to respond. Ooh. They were not someone that responded in May. They responded in who I wish I could, I bet you I could go to their Twitter right now and tell you the exact date. Um, but I will give them props for responding with a very clear, clear message. Um, they posted a very long article about what they're doing, and I think it started with, we must dismantle white supremacy. So they put the onus on the white race and not the black, which is important. And they posted that on June 2nd. Wow. Wow. But they named George Floyd. They said what they were going to do. They mentioned police brutality, a culture of white supremacy. So they were mm-hmm. very clear in their messaging. Um, but I think a lot of companies, including the one that I work for, which I won't name, have not been nearly as vocal, have not been nearly as clear with the terms that they've used. Rather, what we hear is social and civil unrest. And when I hear those terms, I hear exactly what side you're on, and I move accordingly. Yeah, yeah. There have been quite a few companies that I um, have either completely not supported or have done as little as possible um, to support in this time. Yeah, yeah. What have you seen? Um, that exactly. I've seen some companies step up and some companies not say enough. Some companies not saying anything. And the tough part is that because we are in this information age, let's be super clear about something. Your millennials, your Gen Zers, because we have the information, because we are internet fluid, we see the receipts. And guess what? We are tired of it. We are so sick and tired of it. Like us being able to actually pull the receipts and say, this is who you are. This is what you've been doing. This is what you said about this. Let's be super clear. We are the inventors of cancel culture. (laughs) We invented that, right? Which is the only reason why I think a lot of these companies are doing something about it. So I don't know what other companies are doing internally Our company didn't come out with anything public. They sent an email directly to all of the agents. And with that, they sprung into action. No real clear direction, but they're like, we'll figure this out as we go. 
were putting together literally task force at the international, mm-hmm. national, yeah. local levels. And we're going to find the holes where we need to fill, where, what we need to be doing better, which I can appreciate. But if I can backpedal a bit, I think that we all have different roles in this. And I'll get to all of that in just a bit. But my my position is on all of these companies, I'm not going to applaud a fish for swimming. <laughs> Say it again for the people of the bag. Right. <laughs> Like I'm not, I'm not going to applaud a fish for doing what it's supposed to be doing. So that being said, while I am grateful that these companies are putting out these statements, now what's what's going to happen next, right? How long are we going to give Ben and Jerry's their thumbs up, right? Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, that's great. But now, what are your actions saying? And again, my my role is I I don't want to. Don't ask me to be on a task force, no, because this is something you should have been doing a long time ago. My, my role is to now stand for my community. I, I stand for a community that is all black. We're the poorest neighborhood in Dallas. We are one kid in a hoodie away from a police officer coming to say, mm, we don't like what you're doing, so we're going to go ahead and kill you. That, like, that's, that's my job. And if, if y'all want to go, these companies, y'all go, y'all figure out, y'all, y'all pull whatever black people. Again, I'm not your black friend. Y'all pull whatever black people do have that energy because it's not coming from this girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, you remind me of something that happened. So my company also changed, you know, the structure. We have a chief diversity officer who is a black man who I will say is actually extremely um, well-respected. He has done a lot in the company. He's already been in the executive level. It's interesting that they officially gave him a title that needed to be created a long time ago. So he was very deserving. It's upsetting that it took this for the company to realize that. But when it was announced, I'm telling you, we were all like snaps, snaps, snaps That's about awesome. time. Uh, but one interesting thing that my team did was, uh, I had shared, uh, kind of how I was feeling. I was, we were in a huddle, a virtual huddle, and I was just saying, you know, this is really tough. And I kind of got my, got choked up and it kind of started the conversation, which was really great. Um, my boss wasn't on this conversation, so she had heard how interesting it had gone and decided to schedule a second meeting with the team where she was going to be present. And... Ooh, let me say, I'm a, this is just a little PSA. My stomach's like in knots. Like, what did she say? <laughs> a little PSA to the public. If you are not willing to be honest and uncomfortable, maybe don't broach the subject because you will do more damage than you think. And um, it was damaging. Uh, at the end, she... Who was a very nice person, and I, I do think she tried, but she is nowhere near where she needs to be educated and passionate and even affected by this. But at the end, she said something about, like, well, I'm glad you guys got this chance to talk. Ma'am, what? This was, what, I, we already talked. This is not for, don't do us any favors. And um, they, she shared that she, you know, invited us to do like something else, like an action or a book club or to educate ourselves. And I am, and all the black people were silent. We're like, you're going to give us work after this? And so there's a white woman on my team who has been extremely involved and very proactive. And she spoke up and her voice was kind of shaking. And she finally said, um, I'm just going to put this out there. But I don't think that we should be relying on the people of color on our team to educate us. I believe that there is plenty of material material available to us. We should be taking it upon ourselves to do the work. So I don't know if a book assignment is appropriate. 
Give sis my entire high five, please. <laughs> I was like, thank you, because it's still in that space of had one of us said that, how would yeah. that have gone over? I'm not yeah. quite sure. So, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry. It was just a little side note of if you're going to speak, be genuine because people mm-hmm. can see the performative activism. Mm-hmm. We can see it from a mile away. Okay, so I have a very interesting topic for you. Um, so if you follow me on Instagram and on uh, Facebook, you'll see I've put out a couple of videos about things that you can be doing. I'm talking less about my feelings um, and more about action. Um, so if you've seen those, like, hey, go watch them. Or if you haven't seen them, go watch them and kind of learn some things that you can be doing right now. And where can we find you? I am at DestinyLO on Instagram. I am Destiny Sykes. Okuma blah on Facebook. So, um, that being said, oh, girl, 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 let me make sure I got my words ready. So, <laughs> she got real one close of, to the camera, y'all. <laughs> Why are you so close? Of, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> one of the things I've had to really navigate, my conversations with my white friends are, are pretty solid. Right. Same. I feel, with, my, I feel, with my close ones. It's solid. Yes. It's very solid. Friends as well. When I start having conversations around people who I've known that are black, um, things get a little interesting. And I notice it is absolutely generational. Let me pause for a second. Yeah. So a generation above me, technically like your, your Gen, Gen X's. Um, oh, was that Gen X? Okay. Gen remember. X. And I guess, I don't know who's above that. Is that Gen Y? And then your boomers? I don't, I don't know. know. Can we name them something more I don't know. Realistic. Let's just call them like. I don't know. Like the decade yeah. or something. Ugh. Gen X is an older. Okay. <laughs> Up until we get to grandparents. So that little <laughs> like space. Because <laughs> our grandparents, those were the activists, right? Our grandparents and our grandparents, gra- grandparents' parents, like those were the activists. That was a civil rights movement right there. So anyways, um, in these conversations that I'm having, one of them, a, a commissioner here in Dallas, very well known, um, moderately respected. He is a you either love him or you hate him. And he did an interview. He doesn't often do interviews, but he did an interview where he was basically like... I mean, I don't know why this is different. I, I mean, we, I've, like, I've been to these marches. I've been to the march in this time. I did this. I did that. I did this. And everything always went back to normal. And so, like, why this particular murder is different? Why this particular process is different? Like, I don't know. Like, I just don't think that there's going to be real. I, well, he didn't say I didn't think there's going to be real change. But he's like, I'm very curious if there's actually even going to be real change. Let me unpack how how toxic that is. First of all, you're a black man. I Second of all, you are in a leadership position in this in this city. Second of all, my message to people like him, if you are a leader and you are black and you feel like you put in the work and somehow you're just like, I don't see why this is different, step down. Same with white people too. Yeah, like... I'm sorry, but you can't sit here and say that you're not sure. All you're saying is that you're tired and you're not willing to fight again. 
And so if you're not willing to fight, move over so that there can be somebody in that role who is willing to fight. You got two generations of people. Millennials are literally the largest population on the planet right now. And I don't want to keep forcing that millennials need to be in leadership because we still have a bunch of growing to do. Mind you, we've had to grow up very fast in a lot of ways. But oh, I hear people saying, no, but, but y'all also didn't have the student loan crisis. So <laughs> there are so many people that are qualified to take on leadership positions. But if you are stagnant in your role as a leader, you have to move out of the way. You ha- you absolutely have to move out of the way in order for So if you want to impact change and you're like, mm, not sure, get, step down, step down. But that being said, like this man, and I've heard several conversations around this from that generation who's like, Mm, the kid who was killed at outside of Wendy's. Like mm, I literally yeah. have heard from somebody who's had a gun pulled on him say, I'm on the side of the police. Huh? Yeah. Like, like I, man that was I, running away and was shot in the back. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like it, it's, it's baffling to me, but if that's how he feels, Lauren, there are other people who feel that way. And so my thing is, if that's how you feel, step aside, do the work in your conversations, but don't step out here. Give that platform to somebody who is passionate about this actually changing. Does that make sense? Sure does. Well, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something <laughs> right now. <clears throat> I will call you a clown, your parents a clown, your offspring a clown, your dog a clown. Your shoes a clown. I'll call you a clown if you act like a clown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've been blocked. Don't regret mm-hmm. it. Taking out the trash is what I consider it. <laughs> it just baffled me. Baffles. Yeah. Yeah. Wah. Yeah. It's frustrating. And I just, and when I, that's what I, when I say that I'm very boundary, that's the kind of stuff I just don't have a lot of tolerance for. And mm-hmm. My mother being a Christian woman says, Lauren, you've got to educate these people. I don't know why she, does. she doesn't talk like that. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> That is your go-to voice, though. That's your, your go-to voice. You know, I just think you know she's older than me, okay? I'm a young spring chick, if she's not. There you um, go. She thinks she is. She looks like she, she's looking good. But uh, she tells me constantly, I need to educate and, you know, be patient. I'm not. Um, God is still working on me, y'all, okay? No. Um, right now, I'm not that. So if you're going to say something foolish, I'm going to call you a clown. And I don't care. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's just some clown behavior. And yeah. you have a duty. You, you have a responsibility to serve, protect, and in my opinion, progress the world in the communities you serve and you have been elected into. If you can't do that, step aside and let someone else yeah. who can yeah. do that. Yeah. Don't even get me started on Breonna Taylor's, um, was it Attorney General? Was that the guy that got had the surprise engagement party this past weekend? Is that correct? Or was it District yeah. Attorney? District Attorney? I oh, think it's it? District Attorney. That's what he is. I don't, I don't know exactly. Let me not lie. I don't know. The man that, it's just so appalling. Maybe I've tried to just force it out of my awareness yeah. what, what his title is, what he looks like, which I can't actually unsee what he looks like. Get go go go, yeah. Just go, yeah. Just go. So, one of the things that really came up, and it's only because I am a woman who stands for women. Like, 
I'll probably stand for women harder than I do just black people in general. But that's also because I watch women take on the burden of like everything. Right. So in that, how I don't know if we call it misogyny or what, but just the fact that these men who murdered this woman while she was asleep in her home, have there's no action there. I don't want to sit here and say that's misogyny, but the fact that we as a country moved on George Floyd and didn't on others is still perplexing, but I think the only reason why it was so mm, it was so moving this time is because we are in a pandemic. It took a whole pandemic for people to see. I'm not trying to lay well, I guess I am, but just that layer of how women have to fight harder or just the stories of women have to fight harder. I just recently listened to, and I don't want to dive deep into it, but just the stories around um, the Russell Simmons allegations. Uh, There's some basically like Me Too allegations. Like they did a whole document series around it. Yeah. Um, But one of the things that... Okay, in my head, you said Russell Simmons and I heard Russell Wilson. Oh, like, oh no! Russell Wilson, Sierra's name. Okay, I know exactly no, what you're talking no. about now. It took me. A, I was like, Russell Wilson. I was like, oh my gosh, he's just so. Sw- mm. <laughs> no, no, okay, no. Russell but, Simmons got it. Yes, but that being said, like the thing that I ke- that's blaring to me is the lack of movement from the hip hop community, which is very <laughs> male dominated. Mm-hmm. And I hear that, and it's just, it's just, I just. I just think it's another one of those things where women do have to fight harder. I had a conversation with um, another friend of mine and he was explaining a conversation he had with a, a black friend of his, female, and how she's like, I'm, I'm exhausted because all these black men who married white women are now coming to me because they need help unpacking what's happening or they need to talk to somebody. And so I've, I've always felt like everything is always placed back on like, like don't come to her for the expectation that she's going to coach you through this when you weren't willing to like entertain her because of the color of her skin. Now you're willing to talk to her because she's comfort. She's nostalgia. She gets it. So that's, that's just another like interesting piece that I just, the whole like tweak piece of, the hard fight that women have to do that doesn't always come with having like being a man. There, as a country, we have so much work to do. I mean, there, there is a famous quote and if I can find it, I'll post it on my social, but it's something about women, the black woman being the most disrespected entity in society in any culture or in any any world. Alien worlds, any world, all yeah. of them, even aliens don't like us. I'm sure, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's terrible. Um, but you know, one thing that on the, on the subject of race war, outside of what you're doing in your community, we talk about a lot on this podcast how to take care of yourself, and we both mm-hmm. shared that this has been a very difficult time. And you share a little bit about your morning routine. What else are you doing to navigate this time, whether it be through education, through conversations Mm -hmm. you're doing, or just through general self-help? Yeah, that's great. That's a great question that everybody should be asking. 
one of the things that I'm doing is I'm really taking a lot of time and putting a lot of work into generational healing because how we move as a black people is absolutely impacted by the generational impact of how we've been treated, how we've decided to move. And I'm kind of sitting here saying like on my Kanye West thing, but like some of our actions are a choice and not slavery being a choice, but some of our actions have been a choice because we fear for our lives. Right. So it's almost this manic depressive trait that we've had for 400 years. Right. So I personally have been taking a lot of time to unpack that through meditation, through journaling. Um, and I've leaned into a group that does. I'm not going to say they do that sort of work, but they they that's a conversation that comes up often for is generational um, healing. And so that being said, I'm doing that because. I don't always feel brave when talking to people like in the conversation where I had with the guy who said he was on the side of the police, a black man, a black man who I absolutely respect. I wasn't brave in that moment to say. I I, well, no, I said I don't agree with you in certain times in the conversation, but I don't think I was brave enough to actually get him to see different opinions if that makes sense, or to see like what the uproar is about. Like to share your different difference of opinion, you mean? I, yeah. And I, I said, well, do you think they could have done this? And I, I gave him things to think about. I'll say I felt, but I, but it took me time and energy to say, destiny, this is the moment. This is when you have to step up to say something right. And the conversations can't just be with black and white people. Like it is conversations with our parents, with our grandparents, with people who we look up to, because that is the only way that we can even like, we're literally walking uphill with this big boulder. And if we're all doing it and we're all having these conversations, we're all pushing the agenda, we will eventually get there. But it's in those micro moments that I know I don't always feel brave enough to speak up. And that's something that's just, I'm not going to call it a character flaw. It's just something in my character where I've never always, I haven't always felt strong enough to speak up. Mm -hmm. And so I'm taking those steps to, to unpack, well, why, why am I not feeling confident enough to speak up in these moments and then stop trying to spare feelings. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's, like I said, it's been a journey. God bless my husband (laughs) because he has, you know, not that, not that he has different perspectives, but there's also some things that I have to put him on game to because he's not from here. Mm -hmm. Right. So I have to teach him, but I'll be honest, like my husband does, he gets it. He like there's a lot of things that he just understands, which is awesome. He's probably got his fist higher on some some aspects more than I do. But also like there's certain things that I have to say, Okay, here's why this is a big deal. Here's why this hurts. This is why black women may feel this way. Mm -hmm. What about you? Uh, For me. So. Oh, this is okay. So you I thought I consider you to be extremely well versed and very involved and informed. Um, 
even though you say that you're working on finding your voice, you know, speaking even when your voice shakes a little bit, which I think is a great thing to know about yourself and to work mm-hmm. towards because it's just going to serve you, you and the people around you so much better in the future. Um, for me, and I talked to my best friend. She is white. I have known her for, I don't even know. Like, she is my person. That's my girl, my, my Christina Yang. If you listen to some, nice. watch some Grey's Anatomy. Ooh, <laughs> she was the best. But, um, we talked about this probably last year where she's like, Lauren, you have always been very opinionated. I am a little, I'm on the opposite spectrum of you. <laughs> I will tell you if I think your shoes are ugly. Um, <laughs> oh I will God. tell you if I didn't like what you said two years ago when I just remembered it last night in a dream. Like I, <laughs> I'm not the person to spare feelings at all. Yeah. But I'm, not, I'm usually not malicious. I say usually because I'm not going to say I've never been malicious, but I'm usually, I try not to be malicious. I try to know my audience. But for me, this has been a time of not speaking up more, but having the right language and Mm. educating myself. For so long, I've moved in very white communities growing up in school, both um, undergraduate, college, as well as just grade school. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's a chance and a time for education. So I have found myself diving very deep into new subjects or subjects that I've only touched the surface or thought about. And I'm like... That's what that is. I mm-hmm. felt that, but I never understood why or where the context came from. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's having more enriching conversations right now than I've ever had before. That's been really helpful. Um, but also I've had to disconnect in a way that I haven't had to do in a long time. <clears throat> and I kind of, I felt bad about it, honestly. Um, there was a time it was right after I found out about Elijah, who was very, he's, his um, murder is very talked about right now, but I had heard about him a few weeks ago. And when I heard about that story, it just hit me. And I don't know why I never met this young 14 year old boy, but it hit me and I had to disconnect from social media. So for me, being independently educating myself has been important as well mm-hmm. as disconnecting from social media And I have made more time to read than I have in a long time. I mean, I'm at this point reading a book. That's awesome. Sometimes like two books in a week. (laughs) That's awesome. In the month of June, I think I read like five books, maybe five or six. I don't know. And now we're in July and I've got two this weekend that I'll probably read cover to cover. So I've had time to educate myself, to disconnect, and then Mm -hmm. just to make time for something that I enjoy in leisure. Those have been three really important things, as well as, shockingly, I'm not eating like a pig right now. Usually, I use food <laughs> as a coping mechanism. I'm shocked. I haven't. What a moment of growth for me. Snaps for me, okay? Yes, 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 yes. But yeah, I think a lot of that is a reaction of just some activism exhaustion. Yeah, yeah. Having to be that per- your, your black person to ask questions to has been kind of, yes. it's been tiring. And yes. it hasn't happened a lot. Yeah. And I think, you know, as people are listening to this, they're listening to other things, um, having conversations, do know that all of us have different roles. All of us have different roles during all of this, right? Companies have their roles. Black people have their roles. Black Gen Zers have their roles. Older white folks have their roles. Like, um, and while let's be honest, like the conversation has been very black and white, but what about like our Hispanic and Latino population? How about our um, our our Asian population? Like we really have to dive deep 
and like realize like it's not just black and white. Like this is a every literally everything, literally everything about our our boundaries, about our existence has to have some sort of like shift and whatever that shift looks like on your end, be okay with it. Mm-hmm. I I am making peace with mine because while I feel like I'm excited to get in front of like politicians and have conversations and say certain things, I am still very sheepish. And it's funny because every mm-hmm. time I get in front of somebody and have a conversation, they're like, keep going. They're like, keep going. Meanwhile, I'm like, oh, I don't want <laughs> to do this. Right. And I think it's like, okay. Oof. One of the things that kept coming up um, to me, like something that's like keep pushing on me and I'm like, absolutely not, is like um, what other influence can I have? And like the, the obvious next step to some might be actually getting involved in politics. Mm-hmm. No, I don't want to. Um, and I think that when I, when I go to vote, like I'm going on Monday to vote and our... <laughs> Our people at the polling office, every time I walk in, they're like, um, there's a problem. We didn't see your name on the ballot. Can we work on making sure that your name's <laughs> on the next ballot? And so I think it's cute, right? But also them wanting my name on the ballot is less about me being a quality candidate, but we don't have enough quality people in office. You should mm-hmm. not be craving some little girl who lives down the street who's actually just speaking up for what's right as somebody who wants to run for office, right? Like it's, if we had quality people in my last conversation with uh, somebody who's running for office, she's basically like, if I, like there's just not enough quality people that are in those spaces to really impact change. I hate to say this, but how many more children have to die before we actually do something about guns, right? Like Mm. that, that to me is like not a, that's not a, like, why is politics even involved in that? Children are dying. So do something. <laughs> That's the question. Some of the things we talk about lately are not political. Mm. Wearing a mask is not political. Stop. Shooting children is not political. It's, 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 it's baffling. Mind blowing. It's upsetting. I wish I could just throw all these people that feel these issues are political into the core of a mm-hmm. volcano. Inactive. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to you know, kill them with lava. They can just starve. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. That's horrible yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, they can have their own volcano community. I would send food. <laughs> I'd be fine with that. If you guys need supplies, you just, you know, send a pigeon, pigeon up. <laughs> so wait, I, I have a question for you. And I think it, there's layers to this question. And maybe I'm not asking the right question, but who are our leaders right now? Ooh, immediately when I think of a leader in the sense of who says just just the right things, um, Jamil Hill is the first person okay. that I think of. <clears throat> I think um, in a lot of ways, I think that Reverend Al Sharpton has been a political powerhouse. I don't know if he's always gotten it right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I like his role that he's playing right now. Like he's mm-hmm, what I think too. a lot of politicians that are tired or not encouraged right now. I think that's what they should be doing. You're not, your job isn't to actually be out there protesting. You're too old and you're going to be at risk. 
be the guy that these younger folks need. Mm-hmm. Hey, go this. They they don't like this, so go do this. Here's where you can actually get in and actually mm-hmm. impact change because they have so much experience. Yeah, Michael Eric Dyson, I'll put in that same bucket. Yeah, yeah. When I think of artists, because I think that art, in that, and that can be any kind of whatever that realm is for you. I don't care if mm-hmm. that's music, mm-hmm. if that is fashion, if that's mm-hmm. blogging, I graphics, art. graphics. I think there is a place for those leaders as well to speak up because there are so Mm -hmm. many people that have found um, a place in art that we've never seen in the past where we've seen so much focus on math and science as the future or stable um, upbringing. I think arts has now shifted in that space quite a bit. I think the arts is going to be very pivotal to the movement Mm -hmm. period. Go ahead. And I include authors as well. Yes, you're right. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think who do I consider a leader in those spaces? Hmm. It's 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 not a great feeling when I when I pause like no. that because I don't. Know and you've not named any politicians, one. really. <laughs> you used to leaders, girl. <laughs> now don't be don't be silly. You said leaders, <laughs> which is so disappointing. And I think that at the end of the day, we have we have to elect better better people, not better like leaders. Like it's. It's at the end of the day, just people. <laughs> Your heart just has to be better. I, uh, I have mayor envy. I have chief of police envy. Like y'all are both black here in Dallas, and y'all are not doing. Like y'all aren't standing up in a way that makes me feel like you have my back. I really, when you think of when you see politician, I don't have a leg to stand on with a no. suggestion or a recommendation or anything of the such. No. I don't know. I have no. no idea. No, because everything is political. I remember during the Democratic debates when Beta O'Rourke, I don't even think I said it right the last time. I think you it's did. Like, I, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, when Beto, the El Paso shooting had just happened. Mm-hmm. And he was standing firm and how we need to have gun reform. And I remember watching him on stage and being like, yes, yes, yes. And the next thought in my mind is like, he just shot himself in his foot. He's not getting elected. Yeah, and he didn't. Yeah. (laughs) It was a a great campaign. Literally because of guns. And like, he actually got threats from other politicians. Not surprising at all. Right, but it's America. (laughs) This is America. God bless it. But yeah, and and one thing that I think that we have to always keep in mind too is that as we do have leaders that are stepping up and 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 not necessarily stepping up in a way, and I I have to do a better job of this too, giving people space to breathe and check on their well being too, right? I go hard at our mayor and chief of police because they are black and I do expect a lot from them, but I also don't don't know what their personal journeys are. So I have to make sure that I'm giving them space, but also if there are people in your life who you may not have heard from, um, maybe it's something in their journey that they aren't feeling comfortable with, or maybe they're still doing a lot of self-reflecting and, and, some, and some unpacking. But at the end of the day, it's still very telling and it's okay to move in a way that you now feel, but just know that we are all in this journey we are all going through this whether people are acknowledging it or not acknowledging it and it sucks it sucks it sucks but we're all trying to figure this out and what role we have played have not played and how we can be better 
and I know personally, I have to give more people space to be, to breathe and navigate this on their own. I'm a little on the other <laughs> side of this. I know, I know, <laughs> I know it's coming. I was watching your face mm-hmm. and you were just sitting there with a Malcolm X look like. <laughs> I did. I did have the hand on the chin and everything. I was like, it's coming. It's coming. I smell it. I agree with part. So I partially I'm I am in a very similar place, a similar place of this is everyone is probably. I like to believe <laughs> how I put this. I like to believe that everyone is assessing and figuring out yeah. how have they contributed to this system? How have they um, been uneducated and how can they be better? Mm-hmm. And that looks different than every for everyone. Mm-hmm. The place I have a struggle with, and this is specifically probably with people who are closest to me. I mean, I have a, I have trouble with it with strangers too, but I don't really care that much. Um, but with people that I, I engage with and that I consider parts of my lives and myself parts of theirs, I struggle with that whole process being so behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I struggle with that process not being clear for me. Sure. Um, Do you talking- think it's okay to just ask them? Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. But then and- what if what if they don't get back to you? We, okay. This is Lawrence Stevens. You better get back to me. What are you talking about? I don't care if it's two days later. That's fine. I do the same. You're gonna get back to me. Okay. I won't be seeing those eyeballs. Hey. Y'all heard it. I see eyeballs all the time. Um, But yeah, I I think it's okay to ask. But I had one person who, she's a white woman who has fist high. I've leaned very much, very much into that relationship. Um, She has been. She's actually educated me on so many things, terms I wasn't aware of, books I'm reading with her right now. Um, but I asked her recently, I said, especially on her social, she's very, very involved on her social. And I said, how are you this involved? Every single day you are posting, you are commenting, you are saying, if you don't understand X, reach out to me. You are having conversations with people. She's giving people her number. I said, how do you have the energy to do all this? And she told me, which it hit me, and I sat with it for a minute. She said, as a white person in America, this is the bare minimum I could do. Oof, 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 oof. And when she said that, I thought, wow, she, I don't, yeah, you're right. (laughs) Yes. And so when I think of people that are internally processing, I understand that. But then I hear her echo. This is the bare minimum. This is the very least I could do in a place of power in America and a place of privilege in America. This is the bare minimum. So it, it, it's something that she said, I think maybe last week, but it was, it's just really, it's on my mind. So I struggle with someone in my, in my circles. Sure. Yeah. Not doing anything. I think in that space. Yes. Because there's a relationship there, but I don't think everyone would know how, let's say that the relationship wasn't close, but you knew them. I don't know that people, not everyone knows how to reach out. I mean, again, a huge chunk of my upbringing was like white influence. Because, I mean, well, I'm not going to get into why, but a huge chunk of my upbringing and the people that I was around mostly were white. And I have people who've reached out. I have people who haven't reached out. And it's 
it's maybe some white folks are hearing black people are tired of talking about it. Like white people are <laughs> tired of black people are tired of like coaching white people through certain things. And like, maybe, maybe that's it. But also like there's there, if you are that person that's processing to, to Lauren's point, a text doesn't hurt. It's then up to that other person to respond, to say, I hear you. Um, this is how I'm feeling. Or I hear you. I really just need some time. And that's literally been my line. As much as I'd like to say, I've been telling, I've been telling people who I don't like, I'm not your black friend. But the thing that I'm saying to people who I do really care about and who I know really do have a good heart and really just want to know, I do say like, hey, I, it means a lot that you reached out. I personally, I just need some time. Mm, you, you know, and this is the last thing I'll say because I know we want to get to things we're loving because I know we yes. need to hear about things yes. we're loving. But... And the ghost of downs because I've got some, oh, yeah, some yeah. sit downs. <laughs> But I will say, and this might be part of the, I've done a lot of assessing over the years as every, as every instance of police brutality against um, a black person or a woman or a person in a minority community has occurred. I have done a real big cleanup in my friendships mm-hmm. um, and acquaintances. So I can say that during all of this, I have heard from every single person who have, is of importance in my life. Hmm. whether they are white or not white um even acquaintances like even to the acquaintance level i've heard from every single person so maybe that might be part of why my experience has been exactly what i expect Mm. compared to others and i had my sister she was very upset that she only heard from two of her friends um, and made a very long angry post on social and then it kind of prompted some of them to reach out but i haven't had that experience so that might be why i'm so firmly gotcha I gotcha. expect to hear from you, yeah. whether it be from me personally, whether it be you sharing something. I, I just expect to see something because mm-hmm. those are the kinds of friends I have chosen yeah. to be in my community. Yeah. Yeah. So, oof, I feel like we almost need like a part two. But um, Lauren, who are you telling to go sit down? Mr. Orange. Um, oof. So, so abrupt. You had that one. That was That was at the hip. You were ready for that. I just, I wish you would go away all the time. I yeah. do. Um, but especially after the, the, um, the, the audacity <laughs> to try and host your first rally on Juneteenth in Tulsa, I need you to take several seats. Okay? I want those seats to be in the middle of the um, 405 um, and rush hour, in fact. I would be okay with that. Let's just Mm. see what happens. Sure. But um, the fact that this buffoon Mm. has made a mockery of the presidency, a mockery of um, a country that we actually stole, the least we could do would be to keep it intact, and a mockery of the suffering of American citizens who are black in this country, I need you to sit down and just sit sit down forever, okay? And just go away. I'm so sick. I'm not even that angry anymore. I'm just tired. I'm just exhausted. That's exactly it. That's, that's it. I'm just exhausted. Um, and I'm glad that every K-pop fan bought those or reserved those million tickets. It made you look like the fool that you are. K-pop fans. I've never been prouder of all of you. 
every <laughs> I've seen you guys just kill it on Twitter kill it with these hashtags did you hear what they did when they took over the hashtags on Twitter oh yes hashtag all white lives matter was so good so good k-pop stands I just thank you I thank yeah. you for everything that you are doing it's a service to society so yeah Mr. I, yes. can sit down <laughs> uh I have a couple um well no 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 I first, I I only want to tell um, those politicians, black politicians, who aren't out here doing the work. If you're tired, you need to be training up a um, uh, is it prede- predecessor? Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. need to be training up your predecessor to do the work. Because if you're not, all like it's like when you build a business, right? First, you're the worker, then you hire and you get some leverage, then you franchise and you're able to be a little bit more entrepreneurial, 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 wow, entrepreneur, entrepreneurial, it's not coming out, it's not, it's not coming out, y'all know, y'all know, y'all know, but once you get to that point, like now you can just kind of like CEO, you can now be the CEO of your role and just kind of help delegate, like help the younger generation move. But if you're tired, if you've been in politics all these years and you ain't really impacted change, sit down. Mm-hmm. Sit down, make room, because I promise you at every protest there is somebody in that crowd who is like very willing to do the work. Mm-hmm. I might be talking to one. We don't even know. No, you're not. So, but, <laughs> I guess um, we know. <laughs> what are you loving? What are you loving? Okay, so I have two. Um, I'll start with the most important, which is I am loving the discovery for a lot of people of mm. some really awesome black businesses around the country. Um, I will say that one thing that I have seen is people recognize business- businesses that have been around for a long time that the black community has supported, but are now being supported by others. And I love that Mm -hmm. one that I'm Mm going to highlight for myself personally. And my best friend put me onto this as, um, I'm assuming a white guilt gift, but I'm fine with it. Uh, you guys know, I love like chakras and I love meditation. I'm interested in knowing more about Reiki, but I'll get to that another day. Oh yes. Come through Reiki. We should be talking more about Reiki and crystals and like energy. Why are we not doing more about that? I don't know, but I bet you I have someone that would be willing to talk to us about it. Let's, let's, let's make that a a soon, soon episode. Yes. But there is this woman in Austin, uh, who does all types of just luxurious self care, body butters, uh, meditation candles, body oils that are infused with um, natural herbs that tap into certain chakras. And so her company is called Chalk Therapy. Chalk is C H A K, kind of like chakra. So okay. Chalk Therapy. Uh, check her out. Her products are super high quality. I specifically love the um, the body oil. Okay. And the whipped shea butter are fantastic. And awesome. her chakra specific candles are, that's actually the first thing I used up. Those are great. So if you're working on opening your heart chakra or your sacral chakra or your crown chakra, or your root chakra, whatever that is for you, um, or if you're just really into things that are, smell good and feel good, check out Chalk Therapy. I'll awesome. put the link in the notes. I love it. Okay. Oh, and so then one last thing. I have yes. one last thing. Um, 
um, less important is I also love 90 Day Fiance because all these people are a mess. And if you don't mm. watch, you're missing out. My mom and I, addicted. That's it. Mm. Wow. We were, like, on this really cool, like, and then I we know, just. but okay. this is, it's all about balance, folks. And it's and all about balancing your chakras and judging people. And that's Beyonce. what we're going to call it. Balance. Boom. Okay. <laughs> so I have several things that I am loving. Um, yes, loving the K-pop, K-pop folks. Like shout out. I've all and I again as someone whose blackness is very important to me. I'm always cognizant of appropriation of black culture around the world. This whole other level of like doing it the right way. Like I love all of this. Love Never love all powder. of this. Never right. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm over here like, but they, right? Chill, Destiny. Um, so shout out to K-pop. I want to shout out to all the white folks doing the work. Yeah. Shout out to all the black folks that are also doing the work and making this a big deal. Shout out to the people that are leaning into their blackness. Like, listen, that's, that's, I have thoughts on people doing it now, which it is what it is. But like, if you're black, like own it. There's no better time right now. And I'm saying this to politicians as well. You are black. People elected you on a platform probably of change because you are black. Do it. Do it. Stop being like apprehensive and feeling like you have to move a certain way. It's not, it's not 1995 anymore. It's not 1995. So, uh, again, shout out to the Gen Zers. Shout out to millennials. Um, two products that I want to shout out. It's called One is called Nude, N-U-U-D. Um, I... I... I produce a certain type of funk that I think needs to be contributed to science. Like what comes out of this body sometimes is just like, wow, that's impressive. So um, my friend sent me this product called Nude. And what it does is it neutralizes the bacteria under your armpits so that your the necess the need. I'm What's happening with words today in me? I don't know. Like maybe we had a fight last night and I didn't remember. Um, it reduces the necessity for um, you to use as much deodorant. And so it, of course, encourages you to use a natural deodorant. I'll be honest, like your first week, maybe two weeks, you might want to like start on the weekend because you go be funky a little bit, right? Um, and depending on the kind of deodorant that you're using, depends on how it might actually react. But I, so far, am loving it. Um, and then another product, and it's very similar, but it's not chakra-based, is... Um, um, or similar to the product that you're loving is Mama Mocha Naturals. I am a person who I know, I know I've been using Vaseline my whole life because nothing ever seems to work. I get to, to noon and I am Ash Master Flex. So, uh, <laughs> I have found, I have found a product that my body actually likes and I'd be interested in trying more of her products and even just different products that are like it, but it's all natural and it's just like a, a butter, like a body butter that you put on and my, my skin feels good. Like I still need to get in the shower. Um, and I have not put on butter since yesterday and my skin looks good. It does look good. <laughs> um and then last one like just shout out to braids like braids are just <laughs> i just you can't I just they're just everything like i i love just being able to like have braids like i just took mine down i'll probably get some more here soon but i just i feel sassy and sexy and just like biggity black like i love having braids 
braids are so nice. I actually look a little bit like Roger um, and Sister Sister. (gasps) I'm starting to do. I'm going to show you since the audience can't see. Last night I started, but then I got sleepy. I was like, do I not look like Roger from Sister Sister? You do look like Roger. (laughs) (laughs) I wish you guys could see, but you'll never see. I'll never never do it. But I can't Uh. breathe. Okay. You said you just got tired and was like, I'm dead. Yeah, I was like, mm, I'm gonna do four. And I was like, that's enough. <laughs> that's hilarious. I could probably fit at le- probably like 30 on my head, and I did four, y'all. <laughs> and meanwhile, this took me this took me like a couple of hours. I'd say at least two hours just to twist it all. But once I do it, like I'm pretty much set for a couple of months because I can wash it mm-hmm. in the twist and just take down each twist. And just the product that I'm using right now is just like, mm, mm, mm. delicious. All right, Lauren, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram at the Lauren Stevens. I believe mm-hmm. I'm the same on Twitter, but my Twitter handle's in my Instagram, so just go there. The there Lauren you go, Stevens. What about you? <laughs> Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Destiny L O or Realtor D L Sykes. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Destiny Sykes Okamabua. Uh, and then you can find us on Instagram. We are um, go well. Email us at ghostedownpodcast at gmail um, You can find us on Instagram at ghostedownpodcast. Um, are we still doing Twitter? I. I've not looked at our Twitter account since like 88. Just follow my personal Twitter. It's basically yeah. the same. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty much the same content. <laughs> Just with a little bit more Bravo. Right. I love it. <laughs> oh. Well, I mean, we are in this race war. It is a fight every day. But again, remember your energy first and take care of yourself. Go get some of those chakra candles and do some breathing exercises before you lay your head down at night yeah and don't forget you are black you are black. you are in america, in america. And you are still fantastic you are still fantastic or you you're fantastic don't let anyone ever forget to tell you otherwise you're the bee's knees you are too well i would say happy fourth of july but i'm not um celebrating this holiday so just happy saturday to what's, you friends what's today what's today uh, saturday oh That's yeah it. yeah yeah oh yeah love saturdays they're my favorite yeah. <laughs> Okay, guys, thanks for listening. (laughs) Bye. Bye.